From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Tyler Felson. This is Film Club, a podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. So these are spoiler-filled conversations. If you haven't seen the movie they're talking about, be prepared to learn far more about them than the trailers will tell you. For this episode, we're talking about the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The story follows a master of weaponry-based kung fu who must confront his past when he's drawn into an organization called the Ten Rings. It is the first Marvel movie to feature an Asian superhero and a largely all-Asian cast. Since it was released in September, it has earned over $400 million in box office worldwide. Our youth film critics got together on Zoom to share their reactions to the movie. They also talk about representation in film, how the movie deals with Asian stereotypes, and its racist comic book origins. Here is their discussion, led by producer Ada Bjorkman. Hi, everybody. I'm Ada. Can you say them pronouns? Let's go around and introduce everybody. I'm Daisy. I use she, her pronouns. And I really like this movie. I was really excited to see it. I liked it. I'm really happy that I liked it. I'm Chloe. I use she, her pronouns. I loved the movie. I, are we we giving our like reviews of the movie right now? Okay, no, never mind. I'll just skip. That was me introducing myself. Yeah, okay. I'm Maddie and I use she, her pronouns. And I really liked the movie as well. I thought it blended good comedy and a lot of like different cultural aspects together very well, so. I'm Mormon DeLois, also known as Degas Lewis. Any pronouns are fine, and I liked this movie. Okay, so, well, we know what everybody thought. It was a good movie. Um, what were you guys' like, main takeaways from the movie? I personally, I liked it. I thought it was really interesting. I thought the pacing was pretty good. It was a little like slow at some parts, but overall it was like well paced. I thought it was beautifully shot. The um, fighting scenes were well choreographed. It was, it was really pretty. Yeah, to add on to that, I think, yeah, I think it was really pretty. Like even my sister who she's not really like a really big movie goer. She was like, wow, that was a really pretty movie. <laughs> so yeah, I really like. Yeah, how it was shot. The choreography obviously was amazing. Oh, I this is probably just like a hope or I don't know so much about um, the Shang-Chi kind of comic story, but I really hope that Shang-Chi and um, Aquafina's character, Katie, um, don't like become like a couple. Like, I don't know. That's just like a me thing. Like, I, I just really hope that that doesn't happen. Um, nothing against them, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's really nice that they're like just friends and that they're like best friends. Like, I just like to see that. So it was, it was really refreshing because I was expecting like, oh no, like they're going to be a couple or they're going to be like teasing, like, oh my God, a couple. It's like, I'm happy that it wasn't like, wasn't like that. <laughs> and I hope it stays like that. So I basically agree with what everyone else has said. It's that it was like a really well filmed like movie. I also really like the atmosphere in a lot of the scenes, especially in one scene when they're at the fight club. I thought it was just like a really cool kind of area to look at and kind of film. And there was just a lot of different things going on and they all kind of provided different 
things to look at. And then just like the fight as well during that scene was very nice. And then I also really liked how they blended martial arts and then CGI and sort of the Marvel aspects together. It was really nice to have the kind of differences, add a little new perspective into um, some sort of martial arts movies. Yeah, I thought the dragons they had were so cool. Because they almost looked like in Chinese New Year, how they have like the float things that are like dragons, the way the dragons move, like looked like that. So I thought that was super cool. And yeah, I don't know. I don't really like Marvel movies very much, but I really liked this Marvel movie. So it won over the non-Marvel people (laughs) with this movie. So yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I liked how the fights occasionally felt like they were choreographed. Like they were dancing in some parts. And I really felt immersed in the bus scene. I I felt, it was like I felt every punch. Well, now that we know how everyone feels about the movie. Let's get into some little... More detail. Yeah, more detail. Does everyone like know the origin of Shang-Chi when the comic came out in the 70s? Or um, anything about that? Okay. Great. This takes us way back into the early 1900s, but there was this character made called Fu uh, Manchu, who is basically Yellow Peril incarnate. Like if you could take all the bad stereotypes of Asian like people, all the caricatures you've ever seen and put it into one person, that was Fu Manchu. And in the 70s, Marvel bought the rights to this character, and he basically became Shang-Chi's dad in the comics, right? So that was the original character. Now, they completely changed that in the movies, and it's completely different, right? So with that being said, did you, did we think that Shang-Chi overcame these racist tropes that it started from or are they still there in some aspects? So I feel like they did in some ways overcome some stereotypes. One I can think of is uh, Shang-Chi's sister basically was kind of like the black sheep of the family almost and kind of pushed to the side. And I feel like that represented a lot of uh, Chinese ideals in the early 1900s. But in the movie, she kind of stands up for herself and doesn't have to have anyone build her up. She kind of builds herself up in the movie. And I feel like that's kind of pushing past some of the stereotypes. For like the stereotypes that were kept, I can't really think of any right now if anyone else has any ideas but I feel like they did keep some I just can't think of any right now well you're talking about Menger Tsang her character right that's the girl who played um um, just speaking of which because you brought her up um, she had an entire thing to uh, go against a an Asian stereotype you see a lot in media which is the the rebellious girl with color streaks. You know, you see it in um, Glee. I think her name's Tina. You'll see it in um, that show, I think, 16. It's an animation. It's 
uh, Knives from Scott Pilgrim. There's like a lot of other examples, but usually when you see colored streaks in and like a, a young Asian girl's hair, it's supposed to signify like rebellion or that she's not the like stereotypical Asian girl. Like that stereotype you think of like a young submissive person, like the colored streaks are supposed to represent something other than that. And she pushed against having colored streaks in hair because that stereotype is so overused. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that that is super interesting. I feel like the movie, like, obviously, like, we haven't really had, like, an Asian superhero in Marvel cinematic world that I, wait, right, am I right about that? I don't actually know Marvel too well, <laughs> so maybe I should ask before speaking, but, um, so I don't know, I feel like for a lot of Asian people, it was super refreshing to see a character, and also, like, every character in the movie is Asian, <laughs> which is good, so, yeah, I would have to agree with Chloe that like they kind of did like a, basically like a whole rebranding of this new Marvel character, which is amazing. And I think especially with this new phase, which I think is like phase four, I'm really excited what they're going to like that they're going to introduce a lot and hopefully introduce like a lot more diverse characters and a lot more diverse, you know, like superheroes. I'm really excited to see that. And this was definitely kind of like a test round to see, like, unfortunately, like it sucks to say, like, it's definitely like a test round to see if they would see that people were wanting to see more diverse superheroes. So I'm happy that they changed the whole, you know, changed the character as a whole. On top of like Marvel gaining new representation, Miss Marvel is coming out pretty soon. If you don't know who that is, I'm, she's this, I think she's Middle Eastern, I believe. I might be wrong there. Marvel's not like my forte, but I know quite a bit about some superheroes. I'm pretty sure she's an inhuman in the comics. Not 100% sure, but that's pretty exciting. So there's a lot of new rep coming out. I, I mean, honestly, for my opinion on Shang-Chi overcoming like racist tropes and stuff, I think that overall it paints a really well lit picture of Asian people and specifically Chinese people, which we don't always see in media. So I think that that's, you know, it's a nice change. It's, it was a beautiful movie. So I'm quite happy about that. Just to interject, I just um, looked up about the Miss Marvel thing. And yeah, she's Pakistani American from New Jersey. Well, to move us along, I had another question about racism-ish. So, well, it's more so specifically orientalism and how so how does Shang-Chi like contribute or negate or to orientalism and if you don't know what orientalism is it's kind of how we describe the east but that it could be from the middle east to China and or like specifics and but here it would be more specifically China because at least I felt that in the movie overall it was pretty good at not showing China as in other, but again, we tend to, in Western media, outcast the Eastern societies or again, othering them or making them seem more spiritual or maybe not medieval, but like older, I guess would be the word. 
and at least for some parts of the movie that's kind of how I felt with the entire like magical village in it behind the waterfall type thing and then there's the whole the ten rings is basically a crime um, syndicate and you see that a lot in movies too for Asian representation typically like if they're villains they're always going to be some sort of crime triad um the yakuza or like chinese mafia and so on and so forth i think it's interesting how you kind of bring up the orientalism for maybe like the first half of the movie i was like wow like this is this is a really like how you said usually asian sort of atmospheres in movies are very like old and very like traditional but like when we're introduced into this world, like into like um, Shang-Chi's world of, you know, being in the crime syndicate, it's very like modern slash futuristic. So it's like very like city and it's very like, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought it was, but then yeah, it changes to, to like the village behind the, behind the waterfall. Like you mean it's a mix of new and old? Yeah. I would, yeah. That's what I'm kind of trying to say. I think it's kind of like a mix between the two. I think it negates the racism with uh, use of elements of Chinese mythology, especially the the part of the dragons and where they put up they put out the candles. I thought that was very interesting. I feel like that's kind of maybe a base of this movie, just like taking parts of the traditional culture and adapting them for um, modern times maybe changing or adapting some parts of familial values that have changed throughout the years. And just, I really like the scene where uh, Shang-Chi is interacting with the character, Aquafina's character is her family. And I feel like it was a really good representation of maybe how things have changed. I really like those scenes of interacting with the families and learning more about them. Yeah, I feel like overall, like with regards to like Chinese culture and like representation in media obviously it's like a Marvel movie so it's like a fictional situation and it's like not reality like obviously this specific myth isn't like exactly like real Chinese culture but I feel like hopefully this movie opens like the doors for like I don't know how else to say it I feel like Hollywood has to make other cultures palatable like which is really messed up to say but I feel like part of the reason why like obviously that's the racism that this culture can't be part of a mainstream movie because it's not like somehow it's so different and so I feel like this movie like normalizes that myth that any culture is too like out of bounds to have and like an action-packed superhero Hollywood movie if that makes sense we're at a point now where we're like that's dumb Marvel movie is for everyone Hollywood you know these big action movies don't need to be all based on like centered on like white stories so hopefully there'll be more and and obviously like at the end like if anyone saw the trailers or not the trailers like the sneak peek marvel at the very end of the credits they do like the other scenes and so it looks like there probably will be more movies with these characters in the marvel universe so that's cool I don't think it's like the type of thing where it's like they're doing something so unique and it's never been done before, but it is like a really positive thing overall. And it's like, there's no reason to really hate on it, you know? <laughs> no, I agree. I feel like the um, the parts of Chinese culture that they did show, it was really well done. 
I really did. I enjoyed the um, family scene too with, I believe her name's Katie in Shang-Chi um, interacting with Katie's family. It felt very familiar to me actually, because and though I'm, I'm not Chinese, but a lot of Asian um, cultures, we have a lot of similarities when it comes to how we interact with our families. So at least for me, that was something that I kind of related to. And it was a nice touch to the movie. Armin brought up the candles scene and them like blowing it out. I think that was a really like well added scene too. Not just because it was good representation for, I believe it's Taoism. I could be incorrect there. I'm not great with my religions, but I'm... I think it's Taoism. Yeah, Taoism. So I thank you for the correction. But I'm pretty sure that's like where that came from. And I don't know. I think it was like decently filmed and everything. I thought it was nice. Sorry, something that I wanted to add to, I think that this movie, I think I was thinking about this a little bit earlier was that it was really refreshing too, because I feel like with these Marvel movies, they've just become so extreme and so over the top with their characters. Like what is in the last movie, they're literally fighting with aliens and like, like stuff like that. And I think this movie, it was really grounded and it was really it was a story about a person like they didn't have like any special powers or anything and you know I just really like that too because like obviously he has the 10 rings and he's a part of this crime syndicate and he's been trained since he was younger but like it's just him it's not any special sort of suit it's not any special sort of serum it's not any like anything like manufactured like it's just him and I think that that's that's really nice to see like in in Marvel. Yeah, that's why I like this movie as well. Um, like you said, it's kind of like a solo movie. I'm, I've am i like watched a lot of the Marvel movies. I'm like kind of have a taste for what I like, but kind of like solo movies like this. And then Black Panther, which I thought had like a lot of similarities, not maybe in culture, but in kind of storylines and like father-son struggles. But then also, I just like the movies where they can just introduce the character. And this one was, yeah, like you said, Daisy, a lot more grounded, which is really nice to have after so much story and build up for like Infinity War and all the ending Avengers movies. And, and I hope that they do more of that. I hope they don't. Personally, I haven't seen a lot of Marvel movies, but I think I remember if I've seen Civil War but or if I haven't but I just remember people talk about it how great it is because there's obviously like action scenes but it's more about the relationships between between the characters and I think we also don't really get to see a lot of that it's just kind of like go 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 action like boom 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 everywhere so hopefully they do a lot more of character building and relationship building and not so much like action pack obviously like there's going to be some action-packed stuff but hopefully they don't do it to the extreme anymore I feel like that's such a good point Daisy and I feel like that's why I actually enjoyed this movie versus honestly when you come into like some of the Marvel movies without the seeing all of the movies and you don't like know all the little references 
it's not as easy to enjoy. And so I feel like this movie was a really good reset for like people like me who maybe don't watch a ton of Marvel movies, but will occasionally watch one and are more interested in like something they can kind of relate to a little bit <laughs> as in terms of just like characters, like you said. Yeah, because like not everyone has like a super rich dad they they can like get like a suit from or they don't have like a serum and I think it's just amazing how relatable he is and I love that people are kind of finding that relatability in a person of color I think that also is just amazing and hopefully proves and shows Hollywood not every superhero like has to be white not every like person that they're trying to relate to everyone has to be white like they can also be other people of color no a hundred percent yeah no say I get it I feel it more on like the family aspect and everything Marvel is like coming out with again like Ms. Marvel and like I think Hawkeye is coming out soon I think that's more about who is it Kate Bishop I believe her name is. So that's kind of exciting. Like we get a we get different like viewpoints of these characters. And you know, Hawkeye hasn't had like any good development that we've seen on film. We know he has a family and then he disappeared and went on some serial killer spree in during Endgame and now he's back. Which but- can we talk can we just talk about for a moment how random that is? Like, like he went from like family man to serial killer within like two months. <laughs> Seriously, like that's just confusing. Hey, the man missed his family. What else are you supposed to do? But uh, oh, that's right, because they all got snapped. I forgot about that. Yeah. I also feel like they kind of needed to give Hawkeye something to do during the movies because he really just didn't do anything and I think they're starting to think about getting rid of Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye I think because uh, they got rid of like half of the original superheroes so no they got rid of all of them like I think there's only Thor left from the original and then Hawkeye but yeah oh my god <laughs> I just realized they made like Shang-Chi more relatable to people than like freaking Hawkeye <laughs> Hawkeye had like no character development, no nothing, but Haiki think that Black Widow deserved a TV show and then Hawkeye gets the movie. I think that should have would have been better. Well, I think this leads pretty well into how do you think the success of Shang-Chi will affect the future of Marvel movies? Keep in mind that this movie earned 90 million in its first four days and expectations were kind of low because of because of COVID so not many people are going out to the movie theaters and it was only shown in theaters unlike Black Widow which was also released on Disney plus I thought it was a pretty bold move of Disney to only do it in theaters because like I feel like that also just really showed how little they cared about this movie hot take and I think it's like a big F you to Marvel being like, listen, like we want this. This is what we want. And hopefully like they realize like, oh wow, like people really go out into a confined room for two hours during a pandemic 
to watch movies with diverse casts. So hopefully with like the Eternals, with the Eternals and, you know, their other projects that are coming up. I didn't know about Miss Marvel until I just looked her up right now. I'm also really excited about that now. I think this shows not only Marvel, but also just Hollywood in general, because Disney is Hollywood, that people want more diversity because Hollywood runs on numbers. Hollywood runs on numbers, money, and like we showed them the money. Like we showed them that we are willing to pay. I feel like at this point, we're desperate to see, you know, more diverse casts and more inclusion of not just not not just diversity when it comes to race but also diversity when it comes to sexual orientation transgender people and hopefully that, that that's that's what will, will come from this movie I also feel like maybe some of the success of this movie along with diversity the just the diverse nature of this movie is the main actor uh I hope I don't butcher this name Simu Liu is it I just thought I like look at his Instagram and he interacts very well with his fans and stuff. He jokes with them. He joked about like a lot of people saying that the movie was going to flop. And then he came back and they're like, well, made $90 million. So who's you're laughing at now? But uh, I feel like he was really relatable. And that's sort of that's something Marvel can think about getting diverse people and giving them like, good writing because they like a lot of movies like I feel like Captain Marvel a lot of people didn't get into it because maybe the writing wasn't as good as it could be and so everyone was like well this female superhero is super boring because she just didn't do anything it's not really Brie Larson's fault or Carol Danvers fault but it's uh, maybe the writers as well yeah bring in more diverse writers and directors as well because I think I think the problem with that movie was was yeah the writing but also the direction well all in all i think it's a monumental step forward in diversity and i'm very excited to see future more diverse projects like eternals which is one of the next marvel movies really diverse cast we've got every there's a lot of good actors in it so that's exciting i think that the success of this movie like will hopefully bring better representation to the table and maybe not just for Marvel movies, but other people seeing the success that this movie had will like bring better representation in general for maybe not just Asian people, but any other groups because representation is important. I feel like a win in any minority group, I feel like is a win for all minorities. So like, I remember when I went to go see In the Heights, like I was so happy and so excited and seeing this movie, I am just as happy and excited to see it. And I'm just happy and excited to see like any other like diverse Marvel projects. So it gets you really hyped too, even if you're not in that group of people because you're seeing other groups being represented. And even if you're not being represented yourself, it's always nice to see when other like marginalized groups are being represented. Yeah, it's like we're all thriving, you know? <laughs> it's great, I would see it. This also kind of goes into another topic I kind of wanted to speak on a little bit about how Asian representation in this movie is centered mainly around East Asia. 
of course, this movie is about a Chinese guy. So of course, you know, most of the people you'll see in the movie are going to be Chinese. And I feel like a lot of Asian rep that you do get, mainly here in the West, we see a lot of K-pop or K-dramas and Japanese things like anime, or I feel like there's a lot of like J-pop out there too. But that's mainly what we see representation of. And, you know, again, with the success of this movie, maybe we'll get better representation for other groups like South Asians, Southeast Asians, and I think Latin groups, like, speaking of which, I don't think they're, I don't know if they're doing a project on her, but American Chavez, I believe her name is, she's, she's been talked about a bunch in the media as of late, so I don't know where I was going with that, but casting decisions are always, when it comes to marginalized groups, are always really interesting, and you always get, like, the same couple people, or it's not casted how it should be. Again, you see that a lot in a lot of movies, like Twilight. What's his name? He he's he's not native. native. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, and a native yeah. person. Yeah, th- th- there's a lot of that, and I think it's funny when people say that we've moved away from like black and brown face. And it's like we're still low key doing it. <laughs> It's, it's still happening. Um, but hopefully with this movie and with all other Marvel projects and just any other Disney projects, like Disney is Hollywood. So like if they if they make change, we better see other change in other departments. Yeah, Disney has like such a hold on the movie industry. I mean, they own everything. So hopefully change will be around the corner. And hopefully they also start casting not only diverse actors, but also diverse people behind the scenes. Because you can have a diverse cast, but they will not act diverse. Tick writers and directors behind the scenes. Do you have any final thoughts, comments, concerns? I spent a long time without knowing who the villain was and even after watching it i'm not completely sure was it someone else i don't know okay so i think for the majority of the movie it's supposed to be shang chi's father but then towards the end it goes into that like whatever that magical thing was i don't remember what they called it i just remember it eating souls that soul-sucking monster thingy thing. Yeah, and I also kind of picture Shang-Chi's father as an anti-villain. And I only think that because up to the, a certain point, he's just a he's just a guy. We don't know much about him yet. And then we get introduced to him a little more. And then, then he just suddenly goes to wreak havoc. Probably because it's more convenient for him because he thinks that the mother's in there. Yeah, I think I loved that whole storyline of, of him and his mother... I, I loved that. I'm usually not a hopeless romantic, but oh my God, I was just so like in love with their love in this movie. And I think something that Hollywood needs to stop doing, and it's not just with this movie, it's with other movies. They need to stop redeeming a character and then killing them. They need to stop doing that because that's what they did here. It made me really mad. I, I would have liked to seen a scene where it was like, I forgive you, father. And it's like, 
great, let's rebuild better together. But no, the soul monster sucky thing had to do the soul sucking thingy and it just sucks. I guess my final thought is sort of like, uh, I hope to see more of this type of diversity in the Marvel universe and in everywhere else, any other genre in um, film. Uh, because with me, it helps me to understand more cultures better because I'm always just trying to learn more because I, I mean, I have a different perspective as anyone. I grew up in a very different culture and my culture has been represented the most and we've had our time and now it's time for other people to get their voices out there and I'm excited to see more. So that's kind of my ending thoughts. I hope that this is kind of the new standard. I hope that we don't forget what records it broke and how people thought and how many people thought it was under gonna underperform and I hope that we keep this energy of needing and wanting representation so we can have more because the world is is like everyone's different and everyone's experience should be shared and I think everyone's experience you know yeah I I just hope this is the new normal that like Hollywood will change because I think that after a movie like this I feel like there's no going back I don't think anyone will accept anything less than this. I mean, I'd have to agree. I'd, I'd hope not, at least, right? I mean, my own final thoughts about, I hope that representation will continue. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe we'll get some new characters or whether they be like new characters that we've seen before in comics and maybe shows or something new that they come up with themselves. Okay, then, in that case... Thank you all for coming. I enjoyed talking to you. I hope y'all enjoyed talking to me. This was a lovely conversation. You've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including Rosie Robards and James McCoy. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help us out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. And if you are a youth between ages 13 to 24 who is interested in becoming a member of our team, go to alaskateenmedia.org join to find out more. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Tyler Felson. Thanks for listening.